Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Ariana. This morning, I'm starting a new series. It's called From Rejection to Redemption, and this is going to carry us through the Resurrection Sunday, and I'm really excited about this series. We're going to be going to John chapter 12, verses 44 through 50. We're going to kind of break that up, and also John chapter 14, 5 through 11. So you can begin to turn or scroll there in your iPads or smartphones or whatever. From rejection to redemption, rejection happens to all of us. Think back to your childhood. Think back to not being chosen for a team or being chosen last. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, we played a lot of sandlot football, football out in the yards and stuff like that. And generally what would happen, the two best players, football best football players, would be chosen as team captains, and then somebody would flip a coin. And then whoever won the coin toss would get to choose first. And, of course, generally they would pick the Nets' best football player, right? And then the other team captain would get to choose. And so you never wanted to be last. But, you know, thinking back, maybe some of us were last at some point in time. Or maybe we were never chosen. Or by the time that they got to us, they they're like, no, I really don't want them on my team. You want them on your team? And so we've all dealt with rejection. And maybe you've experienced where someone that you love has deeply hurt you, leaving you feeling rejected. That could be a spouse. It could be a sibling. It could be a parent. It could be a, a grandparent. Uh, think about times when, when maybe you felt excluded. Maybe you weren't directly rejected. You were just excluded. And so we've all had to deal with that. We've had to go through those things in our life. Rejection can have a a lifelong scarring impact in our lives. It can drive people to live a life of insecurity and always needing to be affirmed or reaffirmed. And I can speak to this because that's that's what I've experienced in my life. There were seasons in my life where I really needed a lot of affirmation. How did I play drums today? How was it? it was, you know, and it's like, we all, let me say this, we all need to be encouraged. But if we're hanging on to somebody's affirmation and always needing to be affirmed and you know, maybe there's a gap in our life. Maybe there's something in our life that is missing and that we didn't get growing up or something to that effect. And so rejection can have a lifelong scarring impact in our life. And so that's why we talk about holistic ministry here at Life Fellowship, being completely whole and healed, allowing God access into every heart, part of our life, our, our spiritual, certainly our emotional, our mental, our physical, uh, all of those areas because God, Jesus said, I've come to give you abundant life. Not that we would walk around not fulfilling that calling of walking in the abundant life. But how many people, and don't raise your hand, but or maybe you look in the mirror and, and you see woundedness in your own life. And maybe you've tried to fix that with drugs or alcohol or whatever. But, you know, there's only one that can really fix us. And I love Fire Fall Down, that song we sing. One of the lines in there is, Jesus came to fix my broken life. He came to fix us and restore us back into the complete relationship with the Lord that we were designed to have. And some of us have tried to fill that with other things. But there's only one thing that works, and that's allowing God into our life to bring health and healing and wholeness. And so this, this series about rejection, I think it's really, really important because I know a lot of people that are rejected, whether you're a Christian or not. And even as Christians, if we're not, if we're suffering from the effects of that, 
we may not be walking, we probably are not walking in the fullness of life that Christ called us to walk in. And so we're going to finalize this, this series on Resurrection Sunday where Jesus came. He was rejected, but to redeem us, to buy us back. So there's good news, and you don't have to wait till two weeks from now to, to get the good news, all right? But we've all had to deal with rejection. And uh, a lot of times that leads to a life of addictive behaviors or things to mask the hurt and pain in our lives. And come on, I know you know people that are going through that. Maybe you've dealt with that. Maybe you're dealing with that today yourself. I remember hearing a story, and I don't remember all of the details, and I think it was a guy that was in college, and he was playing college football, and his dad had never come to a game. And he looked up in the stands, and his dad was there at this one game. And it, he was so inspired. He was so pumped up. He had an awesome game. I think he sacked the quarterback a couple of times and just had a really, really good game. And uh, there was one, one time where uh, the running back got, a, got around him and got by him. But other than that, I mean, he had an outstanding game. And after the game, he went up to his dad. He was so glad to see him and so so inspired and just so happy that his dad finally came to see him play. And his dad's comments were something like, why would you let that little running back get around you? This guy had played an outstanding game, and, and one little thing happened. And what, is, what did his dad focus on, that one thing? And it crushed him, and it drove him to years of masking the pain through addictive behaviors. Those are the kinds of things that our words have the power to do. The word says the power of life and death is in the tongue. So that's why we encourage you to encourage one another. Speak words of life. Build one another up. Because those kinds of rejection, uh, time after time after time, and maybe you grew up in a house where you felt rejected, and maybe you were rejected. And you know the damage and the pain and the hurt that, that you suffered because of that. And last week I spoke to the Men at Life Fellowship about their role and the importance of being a, a committed follower of Christ, leading their families in a godly manner, encouraging your children and grandchildren, building them up in the things of God. Find their strengths and encourage them. Find their weaknesses and help shore those things up. But encourage one another. I'll tell you what, I want, look at your neighbor right now. Just look at him. Now say something really encouraging like, you look great or God loves you or you're powerful in the Lord. You know what I see? I, I see I see you going from this to this. You're smiling. How does that make you feel? It makes you feel good. And so I want you to be encouraged. I want you to encourage others. Be encouraging. Speak life. Speak words of hope. Speak words of encouragement. We all need those things. And so we have the power to maybe uh, change somebody's day because the Lord is speaking through us. I was, I was on the phone the other day with, with a lady, and I was calling about something. I don't even remember what it was. And she's like, you know what? You made my day. Oh, well, praise God. Be encouraged. So we have the ability to impact lives around us. In fact, God expects us to impact lives around us. And I, I heard about this, this uh, tip one time. I heard that 
when you're on the phone, be smiling because it can kind of come across. So, you know, listen, let's build one another up. Let's lift one another up because I guarantee you there are people in our lives that are feeling rejected and have been rejected. And God may be placing them in your path so that you can bring encouragement to them. The local church is the instrument in helping us overcome the hurts and wounds of life. What God has established to help us walk through life together. And so that's why it's so important that we come together. And the word says that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves, especially as we see the time of the end drawing near. And I don't know. I'm just saying it could. The end could be near with all the things that we see going on. And whether the end is near or not. We need one another. We need to draw strength from one another. We need to encourage one another and lift one another up. So my first point this morning was rejection happens to everyone. It's going to happen. Let's go to John chapter 12, verses 44 through 50. And uh, while you're finding it, this passage of Scripture occurs during a Passover celebration. And if you, uh, if you don't know much about the Passover celebration, you may want to go to Exodus chapter 12 and read about the Passover. Each family, this, was, this took place, the Passover took place when uh, Moses was leading the children out of uh, Egypt into the Promised Land. And you may remember this story. Each family was required to take a one-year-old sheep or goat without defects and inspect that and, and then kill the animal and smear blood over the doorpost. And the angel of death passed over those houses, those houses that had the the blood over the door. Of course, the Egyptians didn't have that, and so their firstborn was killed. And you can go back and read about that story. But it was after that that they were freed from slavery, that the Pharaoh said, you know what, I've had enough. I've gone through the ten plagues and all this stuff, and, and I've had enough, let them go. And so the Jews continue to celebrate Passover to this day. After the fact, we can clearly see that this event was a type and shadow of Christ. A perfect lamb that was killed, that his blood covers our sins. Jesus had no sin. Jesus had no defects. And he was killed as an innocent lamb. And because his blood was shed for us, God has made a covenant with us who have received him as Lord and Savior. So death passed over the Jews, and because of Christ's blood covering us, death and sin have passed over us. So there's a type and shadow there. Uh, but here in, in John chapter 12, Jesus is talking to a crowd of people that have just witnessed a spectacular event. And I'm not going to talk about that today. I'll talk about that next week. But this is what I focus on, what I want to focus on this morning. And uh, Jesus is talking to them, and this is just prior to his death. And he says in John 12, 44, Jesus shouted to the crowds, If you trust me, you are trusting not only me, but also God who sent me. Then he says in verse 45, For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. Now, let's scroll over to a few pages or turn over to chapter 14. Here in chapter 14, Jesus is speaking, and this is just a short time later. And he's still teaching his disciples before he goes to the cross. And Jesus tells them he must go away. And Thomas tells Jesus, we, we don't know where you're going. And so let's read here in John 14, verse 5 through 11. It says, no, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. 
we have no idea where, where you are going, so how can we know the way? In verse 6, Jesus tells him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Then he goes on to say in verse 7, If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Verse 8, Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. I mean, it sounds a lot like us. Jesus is saying, listen, the Father and I are one. If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And it would be just like us probably say, okay, Jesus, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus replies to him in verse 9. Jesus replies, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? And I think this is probably how it went. I think Jesus said, have I been with you all this time? Philip, Philip, look at me. Have I been with you all this time and still you don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Hello, he's here. I'm here right now. Verse 10, don't, don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. He goes on to say in verse 11, just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you've seen me do. So here's a couple of places where we see uh, that Jesus is clear that he and the Father are one. We talk about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're one. And uh, so here Jesus is trying to expand their understanding and give them a greater understanding of who he really is. The Trinity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These, these are individuals, disciples are individuals that Jesus has been pouring into for three years. And so he's, he's wanting them to get a greater understanding because he knows that his time is about to be done here on earth. And he's been spending massive amounts of time teaching and sharing and living life together with these guys. And so he's giving them the final things that he's going to, to give them that they're going to need. Yet, they're still not really seeing Jesus as the Father. They're still not really understanding that Jesus is God. So my first point this morning is rejection happens to everyone. And, of course, we know that Jesus was rejected, and I'll talk more about that next week. But what did he do? He continued to love, even when rejected. And so when we are rejected, we need to continue to love. One of the things that I've noticed about people that are really abrasive and uh, mean and harsh is a lot of times those people are, are deeply, deeply wounded. And, uh, you know, they're just lashing out from their pain and their woundedness. And probably the best thing that we can do for them is pray for them and then just try to love them and encourage them and strengthen them. Because maybe someone's done that for you. Maybe someone's been praying for you, helping you to get through seasons in your life. Think about Peter rejecting Jesus three times. He's like, I'll die for you. You know, I'm with you. I've got your back. Hey, you know that man. I don't even know that man. I don't know what you're talking about. Three times he rejected him. Yet Jesus affirms Peter after his resurrection. 
And Peter preaches powerfully in Acts chapter 2. You can go back and read about that. God is the God of restoration and healing and bringing us into relationship with him. That's his whole plan and desire, that we would come into communion with him. If you've been coming for a while, you know our mission statement in Life Fellowship. What is it? To develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. That's the key. And that's why Jesus came. And that's God's desire that, that we be restored. But sometimes we're broken due to rejection or, or, or whatever it may be in our lives. But God came to restore us. Think about people you have rejected that still love you. Think about people that you've rejected that still love you. And then also think about individuals that have rejected you. How do you respond to them? You may deeply hurt. However, you still love them, right? You can pray for them. You can pray for that relationship to be restored. You would still help them if they came to you and needed help. Let's go back to John chapter 12. John 12, 44 through 48. Jesus shouted to the crowds, If you trust me, you are trusting not only me, but also God who sent me. Verse 45. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. In verse 46, he says, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Have you ever been in a cave and they turn out the lights? And somebody has a candle or a flashlight. Jesus came to be a light in this dark world to share the love of, of God with, with all of us. There was no plan B. And Jesus is about to give his life for them that were there, his disciples and all the people that were there, but also for us. Do you think Jesus knew he would be rejected by some people? Some of the people he was talking to then and some of the people 2,000 years later living today. John 12, 47. I will not judge those who hear me but don't obey me, for I have come to save the world and not to judge it. That was Christ's purpose, to come and save the world, to be a sacrifice for us so that we could be restored and redeemed. Verse 48. But all who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. The primary reason Jesus came was to restore us and heal us. That we would walk in the abundant life. John 10.10, 10, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come what? To bring abundant life. To give you abundant life. That relationship was broken in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned and disobeyed. But Christ came to restore us back. Let's go to John chapter 3, 16 and 18. This is a familiar passage. And uh, verse 16, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Okay, we, we know that, okay? We know that. But how many times do we read on in 17? God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Verse 18, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God, God's one and only Son. And as we've talked about so many times in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, 
We're saved by grace through faith when we believe, not of our works that anyone should boast. And still, I think most of us, I think a lot of us, still struggle with that performance thing of having to jump through hoops and having to do these religious things when it's really just about receiving God's grace and mercy in our lives and walking in the fullness of life that Christ came to give us. Let's go back to John chapter 12. I'm going to start in uh, verse 46 through 50. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. And so as we're filled with the things of God, as we're filled with the love of God, we can be a light to go out and share the hope of Christ with others that need. I, I want you to stop and just think about this for a moment. Do you know anyone that is deeply suffering from rejection or woundedness? I mean, just think about your neighbors, maybe people you work with. If you're the light of the world, what can you do to help them? Can you light the path to lead them to Christ if they don't know him? If they're struggling, can you give them the word of God to help them get through their challenges? Can you, can you give them a hug and love on them? And share the hope of Christ with them. I have come as the light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. We have a great opportunity in our communities, in this community, in our workplaces. Verse 47, I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me. For I have come to save the world, not to judge it. Verse 48, but all who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I've spoken. So as we as we go into heaven one day, and St. Peter's at the pearly gates, and we're, we walk on, hey, Pete, what's up, man? He's like, come on in, thy good and faithful servant, enter on in. And then we stand before God. He says, why should you be here? Because I have a relationship with the Lord. Because I've accepted Christ. You've made a covenant with me. Through Christ's blood, I'm here because of Christ. I'm with I'm with him. I'm with him. You know, there are people that are probably going to stand before God one day and say, well, you know, I, I, I went to church a couple of times a month. You know, it was hard to get to church. And I gave some money and I helped an old lady across the street one time. Did you receive Jesus? Jesus said what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So we can't get there on our good deeds. We can't get there through those things. But yet there are people, I, I'm, I can guarantee you, there are people all around you that believe that it's good works that get them into heaven. They have missed the point that it's not about that thing. It's about receiving Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I know you've heard this before. Well, when I get my life to right, when I get my life right, I'll come to the Lord and, and then I'll start going to church. Well, wait a minute. You need God in your life now to help you straighten your life out. And so, listen, God wants to pour through our lives to touch a lost and dying world. And if we don't have that heart of love and compassion, how will we ever do it? I mean, we'll be complacent. Jesus said, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Verse 47 again, I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me, for I've come to save the world, not to judge it, but all, say all, all. 
All who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I've spoken. Have you received Christ and his message of forgiveness? Have your loved ones? Verse 49. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. Verse 50. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And so we talk about listening to the Holy Spirit and leading us and guiding us. So are you listening to the Lord? Are you saying what the Lord says? Are you saying what your flesh wants to say? Are you retaliating when someone speaks something harshly to you? Are you speaking in love? How are you responding? How are you reacting? And I'm really praying, I shared this with you, I guess last week, I'm really praying about doing a series about the Holy Spirit, the gifts from the Holy Spirit, so that we know what our giftings are and so that we can be encouraged in those things, so we can develop those gifts because Christ has given us all gifts. And if we don't know what those are or don't know how to use those, um, we may not be using those effectively. So my first point was rejection happens to everyone. My second point was continue to love when you're rejected. And my third point is ask God to help you. And that's why it's so critical that we take time to spend before the Lord and be quiet and listen, hear that small, still voice speaking to our hearts, but then also act on it. Do something about it. Follow his lead. Do what he asks us to do. Allow God to, to help us. The heart of the Father is for you. You may not have uh, a good earthly father, a good role model, but listen, our earthly father's heart is for you. It's for us to have eternal life with him, to live a victorious life today. I want to read a uh, passage of scripture that you guys are very familiar with, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you and know that I'll be with you till the end of the, end of the age. And so that's what Jesus has commanded us to do. And I know that there are, are people all around us that need this message. And I don't know how much time we have. But if you know somebody that's struggling with being rejected or, or whatever that looks like, listen, if they could get some help today or tomorrow or the next day, would that be beneficial for them? Then it may change your life understanding that God really does love them, even though they may not feel worthy, even though they may have been tremendously hurt and rejected. God wants to use us as a light, as a candle in a dark cave, to share the hope and the love of Christ with those who's, who he places in our path. And through the Holy Spirit, God is always available to us to speak to us and speak through us. And I know many of you have, have experiences where God... God will give you something to say and, and you'll just begin to speak to a person and, and it will be exactly what they needed at the right time. It could be on the phone. Sir, you've made my day today. I was just having a conversation with her. 
but you never know what your words are going to do to encourage or tear one another down. So let's build one another up. And we can call on the Lord day and night to lead us and guide us. The Lord can heal your wounds and scars from rejection or anything else. The sealing process begins when you invite Jesus in your life. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here this morning and God is tugging on your heart, you know it. God is speaking to you. Maybe you had a relationship with him at one point in time and maybe you've walked away or maybe you've never had a relationship with him. And God is tugging on your heart this morning. Would you simply respond by raising your hand? I want to pray with you. We can take care of that today. There's no shame in that. No shame in that. You may be thinking, well, what is somebody going to say? What will they think? Who cares? Listen, if, if you're not walking with the Lord and don't have a relationship with him, let's take care of that this morning. You can walk away free and liberated, walking in the fullness of life and abundant life that Christ came to give. In closing, I just want to say I love you guys so much. You guys are so special. You're such a wonderful congregation. And, and we're so honored to be able to lead and feed and, and serve you guys. You're wonderful. And Let's allow the Lord to continue to work in our lives because I know there's a work that he wants to do in every life. Or maybe I'm the only one that still has some things going on that the Lord is working with. Let's, let's yield to the Lord. And then let's be looking for those people that are hurt and wounded and have been rejected. And let's be a candle in the dark world to lead them to the Lord. And in a couple of weeks, as, as Pastor Christine has alluded to, we're going to be leading the, the sunrise service at the Kima Boardwalk. The last couple of years, there have been like five or 600 people there. And a lot of those are CEOs, Christmas and Easter only. And we have a great opportunity to share the love of Christ with them. In the last couple of years, I've been uh, fortunate to be the one to lead the altar call. And the first year, I saw probably 25 or 30 hands go up that I, I didn't count, but I saw a number of hands. And there's no telling how many people were responding without raising their hands. And last year, I know there were people that were responding. We talk about life-giving, life-changing, life relationships. Let's live it in our communities. And, and if you guys can help out on Sunday morning, not next Sunday, but Resurrection Sunday, there's going to be people starting to show up around 5 o'clock, and, and we could use your help putting stuff out and we're going to be providing refreshments for the community and if nothing else you can be in prayer please be in prayer and if you come down early you can be praying for the service guys listen we want to impact this community and this is a great opportunity for us to do that to share the love of christ and almost every visitor that i talk to talk about the warmth and friendliness of life fellowship that's you guys and, and I tell you, our community needs to see that. You can help us model that to the other churches that are serving down there. And certainly to the people that are there. Because you never know what an encouraging word or what a smile or what a hug is going to do for someone. And God is looking to us to see if we will do that and represent the love of Christ. So with that, will you go have some cake? You're dismissed. Go out and...
Amen. Amen. Amen.